welcome to another episode of Spectacular with Mac DeLion. And we're still on our series on elitism. And today, we're going to be looking at the thought class or the political elites. So let's jump right into it. Now, elitism is the conspiratory attempt of a few to run a system that advances a totalitarian agenda at the expense of the general populace. Elitism is the conspiratory attempt of a few to run a system that advances a totalitarian agenda at the expense of the general populace. Elitism is the creation of a reward system for few through the instrument which mechanisms that depreciate the masses into the subjectivity of their ruinous agenda. So elitism is the creation of a reward system by a few through the instrumentality of set mechanisms designed to deprecate the masses into the subjectivity of their ruinous agenda. Then now I run through the seven elites or the seven classes of elitism. The first one is the rural elites, which is the noble class. Then we have the entertainment elites, which is the artistic class. Then we have the political elites, which is the ruling class. Then we have the media elites, which is the informed class. Then we have the non-profit and religious elites, which is the sacred class. Then we have the academic elites, which is the enlightened class. And finally, we have the funding elites, which is the portfolio class. Now, today we'll be dealing with the political elites, the ruling class, the almighty ruling elites. Now, the political elites being the ruling class of every society is the exalted group of people that see themselves as the ones designated or destined to provide leadership and steer the society or the nation towards a certain direction. So it doesn't matter if the nation is democratic, it doesn't matter if the nation is communistic, it doesn't matter if the nation still runs a monarchy. Whatever system is in place, there is a ruling class. There is individuals in that society that are the exalted ones who oversee, who run the nation, who manage that nation from the leadership position. And irrespective of the nation, you can always extrapolate three basic layers that make up the ruling class. We have the judiciary, we have the legislature, and then we have the executive. The judiciary is spiritual, but I will not go into the details of that. While the legislature is solical, it's mental, then of course the physical enforcement of that which has been legislated already is now done by the executive, who is the official executor of the laws and the keeper of the laws and the rules and the, the laws of the land. The law and order of the land is maintained by the executive. So the judiciary, the legislature and the executive. And these three arms of government represent the political elites and the ruling class. And irrespective of the nations of the earth, 
irrespective of the system even the communistic system like the chinese system still has the judiciary it still has its legislature and it still has the executive irrespective it may have been caught up in different ways or sliced up in different ways but at the end of the day these are the three basic groups these are the three layers spiritual physical and mental or solical now we need to understand that the political elites is the governing class they are the ones that have received primarily the mandate of the people to exercise law and order to exercise force in keeping the polity and maintaining and managing the common property because everyone has or everyone within a nation to a certain level have assets or have things or have personal property but now we have the commonality of property which is owned by the state which is owned by the polity which is owned by the nation and now we need to elect people we need to appoint people we need to put people in office who will be able to manage that common property exercise the leadership provide the law and order those that would generate that law those that will enforce that law those that would also make that law those that will function within the foundational operations of what has been deemed to be constitutional and the things that are contrary to constitutional normally hashed out within the judiciary so with all this you have the political elites and the elites within the political ruling class believe that they are the one exalted they are the ones mandated by the people to function within that capacity and exercise the leadership that is necessary in order to move that nation or that territory forward now the political elites are the exalted ones amongst the people they are the ones that their heads have been raised above the rest and it's because they have been given strength by the numerical installation either by a voting populace or by a system that acknowledges the fact that they have been appointed by the individuals who represent the numerical strength of the majority and as a result of that they have received that strength and that strength is the force that gives them the legality and the authority to be able to function and enforce on behalf of the people because there is strength in numbers so when the people come together and vote and elect someone what they do is that they transfer a confidence of trust which is also identified as the will of the people and that person now is installed into office based on the mandate of the will of the people so he's exercising an office for which the people have mandated him to function in that office and represent them based on the will the desires and the intent of the populace now as we know primarily most of the civilized societies in the world today are run by a democratic system where there is a majority of vote or a majority of blocks of vote that have been put together by a voting block or a voting 
strength of a people or a party. And by the time that party or voting bloc or people win the election, now they have received the mandate of the people, having the strength for them to be able to function in that capacity and execute the office that have been mandated to them to do. Now, they are meant to function within the entrusted will of the people bestowed upon them through the electionary process representing the constituency of the individuals that function within that nation. Now, one thing that you need to know about the ruling political class is that one thing that they value much more than anything is that they want to commandeer the people. They believe that they've been given mandate. They believe that is authorized from them. Even in a monarchy, they believe the monarchy believes is their God-given right for them to commandeer and lead the people in the direction they deem fit. And that has always been how nations ran for a long time before they became democratic and they became a republic whereby the vote became the strength through which the offices were entrusted on individuals when the majority makes a claim and say okay we have won and as a result of that the majority has spoken and these are the desires and the will of the people so it is always a representation of governance and governance is leadership and leadership and governance is force because it is extrapolated from strength delivered to the people from the numbers that installed that individual into power or installed that individual into the office so you have to understand clearly that one thing they value much more than anything is that because they are the exalted ones, because they are the ruling class, they have received the mandate to lead the people, to commandeer the people. And since that's part of their job, either as the chief executive, who is the commander in chief, or even a lawmaker, or even a judge, or even the local enforcement agent or the local sheriff they have received a mandate that makes them a commander so they commandeer and you have to understand commandeering is somehow necessary for anyone to be able to enforce compliance in all levels either in the society or in the nation at large and as a result of that they have to function within the premise and the mandate that have been delivered to them to expressly commandeer and bring the general populace to a place of compliance which the mandates that has been given to them and by so doing they are able to keep the peace and maintain the order but you must understand that all commandeering from the exalted ones from the leadership from the governors, from the presidency, from the ruling class must be executed within the parameters of the general populace and the best interest of that general populace. And that interest must be proven to be the very will of the people. That's why when people are running for election, they table exactly what they want to do based on what they feel is in alignment with the will and the whims and the desires of the people. 
And once that aligns properly and the people say, I like the mandate, I like the contract, I like the policies of this politician, then those policies are now what the supposed ruling class or the ruling party or the projected or anticipated or desirable ruling party now present as to be their what their mandate is, what they want to run with, expecting that the people will align with it, accept it, then vote them into office. And by so doing, that immediately grants them the strength to be able to not only win the election, but now they will come out and say, the people have spoken, it's clearly they've made their choice, and this is the mandate, these are the things that we run on, and now I am here to enforce it, to commandeer it, to make it part of the law and see to it, it is fully manifested to the benefit of the majority of the people that voted for us. That has always been how it has been. But you have to understand that even before all these things are codified into law and eventually commandeered into manifestation, it is presented clearly even to those who did not vote that particular ruling party or ruling individuals, letting them know clearly that the majority wants this. So I would like even you to support this mandate so that we can go ahead, codify this into law, make it part of the system, then we can now commandeer it. So the political elites commandeer based on the best interest of the people. But when things begin to go south and it becomes an inversion of the political elites, whereby they don't do things based on the best interest of the people or the mandates that were given them, I look around and I see leaders all over the world who run on specific mandates, say very clearly what their policies are, but the very minute that strength is given them, that office is given them, immediately they swap, they flip on it, and now they change and now start running after the mandate of the special interest, the big business and the big donors. And then the will of the people is maligned. So it almost looks like as if it's a manipulative, deceptive system whereby people run for office and present a specific mandate based on what people want to hear. So when you talk about the basic kitchen table problems that the everyday citizen is facing, he listens and says, oh, I agree with you, I will vote for you. But the very minute they get that power, as they like to call it, which is actually strength, the very minute they get that office, the first thing they do is start checking off the list of their special interest. That's when you now see the original agenda. Most people, what they present to the people is not what they're wrong with. Because we have in a system now where most democratic nations who originally are meant to run and function under the mandate and the will and the whims of the people is now functioning under an exalted authoritarian platform whereby we have found the mechanisms to get your vote but now we will do what we really want. So it's almost like as if we have a recipe on how to get your vote. You want free stuff, we want this, we promise you this, we lie to you about this but we have our 
ultimate agenda we want to accomplish. That's why it's very rare at times to find politicians who will say what they want to do, come into office and deliver exactly that, checking up list by list. And when at times authoritarians see that type of politician who says something and goes ahead to try and do what he has said, immediately they need to get rid of him. Immediately they need to kick him out of the system. Immediately he's not part of the club. Immediately he's not part of the old boys association. Immediately he's not meant to be part of the ruling class because the dynamics of the ruling class is to say something you will do but really you have no intention of actually doing that but then you will use this to carry their vote and once they have given you the strength then you really run on what you really want to do. You run with what you really want to do and that's to deliver the special interest, the big business, the big donors and all those individuals who really have you in the palm of their hands and that's why many at times people are frustrated with politicians and they wonder the reason is because it's an inverted system when the monarchies were running it was all about oh these people just oppress us oh they do what they like oh they favor who they want we have the ruling class who are subjected who are loyal to the kings and as a result of that they trample upon the peasants and they trample upon the everyday worker and they trample upon the everyday people and they trample upon the common man and so they say no we want a republic we want one man one vote we want oh like the chartists and all these people who are saying no we want we want a revolution we want our own vote we want a system whereby our vote counts and they did get it but now have you found out that the new ruling class which came post the monarchy have found another way to do what they love to do but through an authoritarian system that has inverted them by the reason of how they have found means to be able to play the game and literally still get the strength from the people by that mandate no more from those who believe that they were born and given that mandate by god by their birthright to be king and rule and run the system but now being run by politicians who tell you what you want to hear by the time they grab her by the time they get a hold of it then they do things the way they really want to do it then they run the mandate then they institute then they fulfill the things they want to give to the special interest and find ways to use the system to enrich those they really want to enrich that's why many at times this nepotism and people who are connected to people in power are the ones that really get out of the national cake and get the returns on that political investment that has been made and that's what is happening in literally every democratic nation on the planet you see the ruling class have inverted themselves into authoritarianism and by this system they don't really care about the people's mandate they care so much about their own political future. They care so much about their own political future and how they can maintain a group on rulership and leadership while keeping their party in power by maintaining the special interest and the big business and big donors keeping them happy while at the same time guaranteeing their political future 
Like in America, for one, politicians have said this many a times. When people run on a mandate, they get the mandate. But the time they arrive in Washington, it's almost like I say, welcome to the club. And they say, all the things you promise your people over or your constituency over there, forget it. Now you are here, you will do what our party, our platform and what we want, literally. Because you have to pull in, we need the votes, we need this, and you must do this. And that's why you see all the manipulation that occurs when people go back to their constituency. People are hot, people are burning with anger and say, but when you ran, you told us you would do this, this, this. But once you get there, you go back to the political elites. You go back to joining that club whereby we promise the people one thing but at the end of the day you get nothing or you promise the people one thing but at the end of the day you deliver nothing on what you promised them and even if you do you may just give them a few carrots and say you know you know nibble on this take a bit of free stuff here that's why they will pass trillion dollar budgets and they will say something like oh this budget is designed for the building of the infrastructure by the end of the day, infrastructure bill in there may just be only 10%. The rest is pork, as they call it, for big business, for big donors, for those who have invested to make sure they empower, you know, for special interest. This is what they do. Then they start doling money, helping all kind of courses all over the world, sending monies to things you don't believe in. Crazy things that if you hear your ears will itch and say, is this what you people do with our money? And they don't really care because they're authoritarians. The authoritarian spirit is literally controlling most of the democratic nations of the earth and is getting worse because if you look at the time when originally the monarchies were put aside and now they were introduced into the republics, Initially then, there was a lot of propensity that the people put me here, they want me to do this and I'll do it. But over time, it has waned and it's now a put up with it. I'm your boss. I'm the one in charge. I know better. You're too dumb. What do you know? You know nothing. For example, see the other time, there was a problem where the truckers, the Canadian truckers, said 90% of us have been vaccinated. But some of the limitations we are putting on the rest of us is too stringent. You have to bring calm down on it. You need to remove some of these things because this is our body and we really have right as humans. You don't have right to enforce some of these crazy excessive mandates. And what did Trudeau do? What did he say? What did he do? He called them all kinds of names. Oh, he labeled them that they were Nazis and they were narcissists and they were racists and all kinds of labels. But that's just a code word for this. You are a bunch of losers anyway. You're a bunch of dumbbells. What in the world? What do you know? You know nothing. I can't sit with you. When they said, oh, can't you even call them for you? To listen to them, even hear what they have to say. Find some compromise. Let them feel they are part of this nation. He said, no, I'm not going to sit with them. This I, he, you see, he refused. Why? Because in the cold world, this is what he really meant. This are the great unwashed. This are uneducated low lives. What do they know? All they know is just to press the pedal and drive a long 18-wheeler. That's all they are good for. They can't, I can't sit with them. I can't converse with them. I can't listen to them. What would I listen to them for? I don't care what they think. What I want them is to depart and drive their trucks with them and leave my city, leave my tower for me. 
because I run the show up in here. That's exactly how the exalted, the elites think, the ruling class. It's because they, they know better than you. You know nothing. You know, which school did you go to exactly? Which school? Which school? Oh, you don't even have a degree. And now you want to sit with me to say what? I don't want to listen to you because you don't know anything. I'm the boss up in here. I'm the one who runs the show. And if you decide to continue to do this, I will get you arrested. I will freeze your bank account. I will euthanize your dogs. I'll put your animals down. I will make sure that you will never be able to drive another truck in this city and I'll make life miserable for you. And not only did he say he did it, just as he said he would, and he enforced it and he exercised it because that's how the ruling class think many at times. They are now authoritarians. They tell you what they want, they enforce it the way they want, and whatever they want, they will get it, irrespective of the fact that there is a possibility. You see, there was a time when people vote for you and you get the majority vote, you still appeal to the ones who didn't vote for you and say, you see, I know you didn't vote for me, but you see, I have to be the president of all America, of all Canada, of all Peru, of all Mexico, of all the nation. I'm, I'm the president of the nation and I have to govern for everyone. So I will still want to listen to you. I will still want to do things in line with your will. I will still want to see how I can compromise a bit so that tomorrow you will look back and say, even though I didn't vote for you, but I wish I did because you're such an excellent president. You are the president of all. You put all together. But what do authoritarians do? They tell you to go to hell. I don't care what you think. The fact that I got the vote and I got the majority is going to be my way or nothing. And for the rest of you dumbbells, I'm running you off the highway. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your opinions are. I don't even need your vote. I don't care if the political capital would affect me down the road when it has to do with my party. But now I'm in charge. It's my way. You don't have the, the sense or the sensibility. I've already gotten the strength I need. This is how the authoritarians think. But they don't come out and say, thou. No, you don't mount it out. Because when you say that, of course, no one wants to appear prudish. As if you are the exalted one. And these are a bunch of low lives, riffraffs, who are just there even by your permission so the ruling class will never appear that but when they need your votes they come and tell you how they'll be there for you while this will work for you while they'll be the best person but once you give them the strength and they take the office then they now show you the real color and it's always interesting how people go back again and give them more votes they are gone for four years they go and spend money pass bills what trillions 10 percent is only what comes to the actual work while the rest they share within their friends it's almost like a system now that is looting the treasury that's what it looks like but it's an illegal educated format but it doesn't look like actual everyday people showing up to loot but they know how to share this money they know how it goes out it's like a national cake why do you think some of the wealthiest zip codes in america are the zip codes that are around washington dc how in the world do people who work for government or people who do government contracts become some of the wealthiest communities in America? It tells you clearly there's a lot of pork to go around. There's a lot of ham to go around. There's a lot of good juicy stuff 
to go around literally and that's where a lot of people are vested to make sure their political interests and their political parties are the ones who gain the power and once they gain the power then let the money start flowing in it's not about the people it's not about their productivity it's not about their destiny it's not about the mandate it's not about what they could accomplish this is exactly what is happening all over the world authoritarians don't care about anyone they don't care about the people the people become the backbone and the primary thing now is self-preservation it becomes the center point of all authoritarians self-preservation everything they do from now on will be how to get the agenda passed and you'll be shocked how many of these agendas are hidden when they are running for office but the very minute they pick up the mandate immediately they start filing it out and you begin to wonder why didn't this man say this clearly when he was running for office because you won't give him the vote you won't and they do it every time and by the time they get the vote they go there they spread the wealth around the pork around they eat the system they devise then they come back and sprinkle a little bit of free stuff to get you excited for you to remember oh yes you know you voted for us then they'll be gone then two years or four years later then they reappear and say hello dumbbells how are you remember you put me in power i'm back again to make sure that i continue from where we stopped the last time yes you know the last time yes you know the reason why i didn't really do all the things you wanted me to do oh it, i was stopped by the enemies you see my opposition didn't really allow me to pass the quality of legislature you see i had a lot of things going on but don't worry this time i'm gonna do it mm. I said it. This time, I'm going to do it. So send me back to Washington. Oh, send me back immediately. I need to go. Because I got unfinished business. You know, the pork are spreading around the last time. There were some places, some corners it didn't get to. So I need to make sure this time I spread it out even more. And this is how they dupe the populace. This is how they dupe the populace. But I want to zero in on something very specific. How do you know that a civilized democratic society is becoming authoritarian? I will share with you the simple principle. You see, when nations became republics, the primary agenda that fueled that movement was freedom. People said, we just want to be free. Because the ruling political elite, they controlled us. They chose the best forest. You can't hunt in the king's forest. You can't hunt. You can't leave. You can't stay. You can't buy homes in places. You can't just build a house. Most of them they didn't own land. They were the landowners who controlled everything. And every other person had to pay them rent. It doesn't matter how much you own. You couldn't really own anything in many of those fiefdoms. And really that's how the system functioned back in the day. So they needed liberty. They wanted to see if I have the money I should be able to live anywhere can afford and they had a point and some of all these things had to now be enforced now some revolutions were very painful like what happened in in places like france where the revolution was able to take hold and there were other places in other parts of the world where it wasn't as violent as madame de gelatine you know but at the end of the day the revolution 
the change, the monarchy. Some of them remained only as the cultural and the traditional head and the gatekeepers of the traditions of the nation. But the political class was not transferred to the ruling elites. So it was now a one man, one vote, and later one man and woman, and systematically global suffrage became the norm. And the societies translated from the monarchies to the democratic ideals of the republics that we have today. But if you understand what fueled them, where many of them pushed and even died just to get there, it was one thing. And what was that thing? We wanted freedom. We wanted freedom. We wanted freedom. And that was the mantra. That was what they declared. That's what they wanted. They wanted to live free in their own society, in their own community. They wanted to go where they wanted to go. They wanted to buy property where they could afford. They wanted to own land and farm on it. They wanted to do whatever they want. They didn't want the feudal system that ruled the last age. They didn't want that because they felt it was so depressive and repressive and oppressive to the lower class and they had a point to a certain level but now watch this now we now have a new system whereby now we have elected individuals where people run for specific offices and now voted into power by individuals who are part of the populace but as that happens you now notice that something has been happening gradually but now it's becoming a bit more obvious. Some have not even seen this. Most democratic nations have lost the footing of the liberty and the freedom they promised when that revolution or when that transition was made. It's almost like now we have a new system where the ruling class have inverted themselves and they have gone from the freedom they promised to authoritarians. And the way they do it primarily is through government programs. Do you know that the government programs which are based on authoritarian policies are really designed to invert the freedoms of the people and entrap them and place them in the confines of programs that traps and limits them. So authoritarians make policies from an exalted position that invert freedoms into traps. Wherein the people now feel trapped in their own polity. They feel as if they've been captured by the leadership. And the reason they do it is because the people are easier to control. The people are easier to enforce their own whims and ideals, which is not in line with the people's will. Once you are able to pull them and push them and lead them and entrap them into this authoritative policies. These policies capture and limit the destinies of the people that originally they claim they want to help. I will give you an example and follow me very closely. I'm talking about government programs. This was the way the authoritarian state crept in systematically and literally inverted the will of the people into becoming what it is today that's why everyone now who's running for office these days almost is almost running on the platform of free stuff and all these things are are, are really deception that manipulative deception designed to curry false favor and take 
the votes from the people, then at the end of the day, you deliver the mandate you really want, which is the mandate that is in line with big business, big donors, and of course, the special interest, who are the ones that really bring you to that place where you are able to get into that office. So I'll give you an example. I'll just mention a few and you will understand that I'm 100% correct of how the authoritarian state actually succeeded in creeping in. Number one, we have the welfare state. The welfare state was designed according to them to bring resources and help to those who can help themselves. Originally, it was designed for the poor designed for those who can help themselves, designed for the disabled, designed for the aged seniors, designed for the homeless, designed for the fatherless. But systematically over time, the welfare state is now a kind of guaranteed income for everyone who can work and for everyone who don't want to work. In most civilized society today, someone of working age, able-bodied man can walk up to the welfare state and ask to be helped and you put him on a system where he's giving something for nothing and at the end of the day, you literally demobilize his future because the welfare state is an authoritarian program designed to disable the destinies of people and lock them into a sequential loop wherein it entraps and limits them into the perpetuity of poverty and limitations where they are not able to participate in the development of their own nation by paying the proper taxes that is a result of profits or income generated within a polity. Now, when this occurs, you will see that people and individuals are now functioning outside the parameters of that which was originally promised them. A program that is meant to be empowering, as they call it, is now a trap. The welfare state. Do you know that most people on welfare die on welfare? Do you know that most people on welfare, their children pick up from welfare where they stop? Do you know that most people on welfare continue in welfare to the second and third generation in most developed nations of the earth? Because the welfare state is an entrapment. It's a program, an authoritative program designed to entrap and keep people within the loop or the stronghold of a system that ensures that they lose their freedoms, their financial freedoms, then they now become the perpetual class of the struggler's class, the underclass, the food class, the lower class, the struggler's class, because it converts the working poor into the idolent poor who now has no future based on the fact that they have been tethered to the state. Every human on the earth should have a certain level of human dignity and pride that comes from them doing work and making profit or by earning income and pay and contribute to the maintenance of the polity for which they are part of that community. 
But now when you create a welfare state, you are telling them they are disabled and they can't produce. There are people that need help. I've mentioned that. There are people that are sick. There are people that are infirmed. There are people that are old, like the seniors. There are people that are like children who don't have parents to provide for them. So as a result of that, they are being taken care of. But when you look at all the people that are now part of it, and another group of elites now come out and say, no, there has to be a guaranteed universal income for every human that is part of this nation that is on this earth. There should be a universal global income. What are they saying? They are saying that we want most of humanity to be disabled. We want to ruin their potentiality because once you put a man on a door, you kill his destiny. You malign his purpose. You crush his future because you give him something for nothing. He's meant to produce. We gain relevance by production. We gain traction by production. We gain ascendancy by production. No one knows you until you have a product. When someone dies, they say man dies. Man dies as a result of this. But once someone who has a product, who is renowned, who has something he does, oh, they will say so, so and so person died last week. And they will mention the name of the person. I remember I was giving an example one time and that was the time Elizabeth Taylor died. And I said, do you know Elizabeth Taylor died last week? You remember the woman that had about seven husbands? But she had a product. She was an actress. She acted some, some very great classics. She was renowned. She had a product. So when she died, they didn't just say, oh, the purple-eyed lady died. They called her name. They mentioned her history. They talked about some of the things she achieved and the marriages and her life. And they wrote quite a lot. Why? Because she had a product. When you have a product, when you leave, we know. When you don't have a product, when you depart the earth, no one will know because no one knew you were here while you were here. If you are here and no one knows, it's specifically because you don't have a product. It's because you are not productive. If you have a product, when you leave, your community will know. Oh, they will say, oh, do you know the man that owns, that started the, the two shops at the corner, the owner of um, Bread and Breakfast? Yes, you know that company? Yes, 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 yes. Do you know the owner died last week? And they will mention his name because he has a product, they will know when he left. But when a non-entities, die no one knows they depart and if something tragic brought about their death they will not even write their name they say man dies a woman dies as a result that's it of the crash on the highway on the a1 on the a21 highway they wouldn't mention his name because he has no product if you don't have a product no one will know you are here so when the welfare state came up and now say that people can come in and take something for nothing, immediately you disable their potentiality and the probability of their productivity. And as you take that away from them, you literally make them faceless. This is the problem with the welfare state. It's a lazification project. It generates idolent working people, literally. It generates idolent class of perpetual strugglers on the class of people who are not going anywhere fast because they are stuck in the welfare system. This is why the welfare state is a product of authoritarian policies designed to disable people to lose their financial freedom. 
You can't be financially free by people giving you something. You can't be financially free by government doles. Nope. You can only be financially free when you produce the value that is within you and gain traction and gain relevance by accomplishing the thing that you were designated and placed on the earth to accomplish. That's what will give you your tomorrow. So the welfare state is one of such authoritarian things is one of such authoritarian policies that disables the liberty and the freedoms and until you are financially free you are not truly free you may be free in other things but until you are financially free you are not absolutely and totally free and that is just the truth then we talk about for example, spy agencies. The government will come and say, oh, we're setting up these agencies to spy on other nations, spy on other countries, spy on those who want to do us harm. But have you noticed that all spy agencies end up spying on their own people? They end up spying on the locals. They end up spying on you. All the apparatus that was originally set up to protect the community from outside influence to protect the nation from invaders to protect those who try to malign their liberty the same spy agents will now be used against you will now be used against political enemies will now be used against those that don't agree with their agenda or those who try and expose their authoritarianisms why because it is still part of that program and once it comes, it never goes. Have you noticed? If they set up a welfare state, they set up a spy agency, they set up an additional security arm, have you noticed it's never dismantled? It just keeps growing. It just keeps growing. Because that's what authoritarian governments do. They just keep growing in size. They, then they become a behemoth. It becomes uncontrollable. And that's when you see all these moving parts all designed to manage the people, spy on the people. Now they want to start sneaking into people's accounts and they want to know the bank balance. That's what I heard that's coming up in America now, where now they want to know the bank balance of every transaction. Madness. So that they want to know who is not paying taxes or not. And now they want to really, really go through the banks. Now people are going to start digging concrete holes in their backyard and keeping their cash there. Trust me. Because this is what is going to happen when you start invading that level of privacy. Many of these initiatives are authoritarian. i give you another example. Look at the government-assisted health care program. Health care is meant to be provided by health care professionals. It shouldn't be provided by government. Of course, government should have something somewhere in a minuscule minimal for emergencies. Like when people flip their cars on the highway, there should be an emergency ward where they should be taken to immediately to at least stop trauma. At least the trauma centers should be put there just because they manage their common property. So there should be trauma centers. And I agree with that. But once you go beyond the trauma centers, what I heard in Brazil, that even their health care public government assistance programs even offer gender reassignment, even offer all kinds of body works. I'm telling you, people working on their mammarials, people working on their face, people working on liposuction, all these things. Government assisted programs are actually 
paying for some of those initiatives. And I said, what in the world is going on? You have to understand that some of these government-assisted healthcare systems are really designed as programs to trap people. Because once you get into it, you can't get out. Once you become dependent on the state for your healthcare needs, you will never be able to go private. You will never be able to pay for private care. You will never be able to sign up for premiums under an insurance policy, medical insurance policy that can provide qualitative health system for you. The government only will trap you and you remain there. And then you have control over nothing. You remember the case that happened a few years ago of a young boy, I'm trying to remember his name, I think it's Charlie. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Charlie. And this young boy was born with a special condition that was very rare, where he was born with all kinds of problems, especially as it has to do with his brain and everything. And now he was having a problem. He was born with this medical problem. And the boy couldn't really live on his own. He had to have tubes in him and everything because he was born with that condition. And the parents really loved the child and said, no, we are going to fight it. We want this child to live. We believe we can give him a normal fighting chance to be a normal kid. We know that the hurdles are there, but we can do it. So the parents started doing everything. They named him. They, they started living for him. They started going all out. And they found a hospital that had knew about that case had had trials because the the drugs were still in trials and felt that if they put charlie on it he might be able to pull through and have a meaningful life now there was a problem they needed to take charlie out from the government assisted welfare medical system and take him i think they call it the nhs in the uk so they needed to take the boy out of the NHS system and transfer him and fly him to the US for this procedure, for this opportunity. And what happened? The government assisted NHS system said, no, you can't take the boy. We don't believe he will survive. We are not convinced that there is any hope for him. He has to remain here. And eventually when he dies, we close the curtain on him. And the parents say, no, it's not fair. No, 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 this is not. And the government said, then you should have had the child in a private facility. Because if you had had the child in a private facility, you could take him anywhere you want, anywhere in the world. You are very free as you like. If you had insurance, if you had your system, if you could pay for it, as some people actually do afford to do. But once you bring it into the NHS system, you lose control over the child. You lose control over the individual. And that's just how it is. And at this point in time, the child is now the government's child. And we will not release him and we can't let him go. And the parents said, what in the world? So they started fighting it. They started getting the public opinions to chime in. They started doing interviews. They started blasting it everywhere. Anyone could listen and say, no, the government has no right. They can't do this. And they even went to court and they were fighting the hospital, fighting the NHS, saying, no, you need to release this child. The boy needs to go. He needs to try at least. And they were saying, but you can't afford it. The parents put out a GoFundMe page and people started giving money all from all over the world. And they raised quite some money. I can't remember the amount, but it was far more than the anticipation. The canal they had the resources to fly the boy on a private jet, a medical private jet, so that he would still be connected to all his tubes and everything and get him to the trials and get him to America and all that. 
But with all the resources they had raised, with everything they had done, they still refused them and said, no, we are not releasing the boy. And they went to court and they fought it in court. And the court ruled against them and said, no, the child is going nowhere. That is the authoritarian system. Once you get into it, you cannot get out of it. That is how it works. Those are the politics. So I say, no, that's just a socialism. You can call it social if you like. But that's not my term for today. As it is today, my term is authoritarianism. And that is the principle whereby you generate policies that convert what should be the freedoms of the people into the traps or the entrapment of the people that you claim that you're originally there to help. That's exactly, that's a true story. You can go online and search it. And many of us knew exactly what happened to that boy. He eventually did die. And the parents wept. They felt bad. They felt distraught for a while. I hope by now they've moved on. But it was a very difficult time for them because they found that the government had the right to keep their child against their own will, even though they were their parents. The reason you have to understand that governance doesn't have love. It can't. Anyone in government talking about how much he has love for you an individual can have love for you and for the people. I agree with that. But the government as a body do not. Government operates as a force. They are a force. That's why they say no when they want to and you can't do nothing about it. They exercise that force because that's the mandate they've received. They receive strength and that strength gives them the right to enforce whatever they feel is right for at any point in time. And that's why that boy was denied the care. This is exactly what I'm saying. Government programs are designed to entrap people. How about the foster care system where a mother is high on drugs and maybe they cannot get an immediate guardian in the immediate family to sign off and receive the child. Then immediately they come and take the child. Social workers will come and they do this in all the civilized societies, but most developing nations don't do that. They never ever take children because they don't even have a foster care system. I, I've been in quite a number of nations in Africa. No, there's nothing like it, it doesn't exist. But if but in most of the civilized world, they have the foster care system. And with that foster care system, they go in, they take the child away, and then they now put them into hired help, literally. Because now we have people who have signed up for the foster care system, then they give the child to you, then the government pays you money. Now, there are those who are actually doing a great job, who try, but most of them are professional foster care individuals and they are there for the money. If you see the squalor and you see the situation the children are living in, it's unbelievable. These women receive these children. There's no genuine connection or love to them. It's all a cash cow. They receive money from the government for a child in order for them to take their child in then that becomes their income because they normally don't have any other work. That is their full-time work. But their children starve. Many of the horrendous things you hear every day of kids who come out of the foster care system and talk about how they were starved, how they were molested and all the things that happened to them, how they were mistreated, how they were hit. I'm not just talking about disciplining, just really hit them with hard objects, literally. And they are told that when the social workers come, act all smiley faces, say nothing, because if you say anything, you will see what I'll do to you. And this is exactly what is happening every day. And these children are not able to leave. Most of the kids who get into the foster care system 
never leave it. They continue until they become adults. And this thing damages them. Because how your life pans out as an adult will be determined by how you were raised. And the foster care system is an entrapment that holds them down, that puts them through some unbelievable things. Time will not permit me to begin to tell stories, nightmares of what people pass through the foster care system. Or should we talk about the failing public school system where the authoritarians never send their kids but make sure the general populace send their kids there? And now with the unionism where the unions are all banded together, we call it wholesale politics, where you don't get into the nitty-gritty of convincing people but you lift their allegiance as a group. So the unions are powerful there. And now the teachers' union want to make sure that the money doesn't leave their system and the schools are failing. Most of the kids can't do basic arithmetic. Most of them cannot write. Most of them are not even literate, but they keep them in these failing school systems. And never, politicians will never allow their children to even smell the gate of those places. But guess what? They create the system and they want your kids to be there. You know, there was a time in this world where most of the educational institutions were owned by religious organizations. That's why you still see the Saint this, Saint Paul's, saying that even the hospitals also you will see the harvards the yields and all that they were all founded by religious organizations and they maintained it and ran it then the government came one day and took over or they became separate entities but they were receiving government funding as a result of that they gave up that religious status which originally owned them and what happened over time they started deprecating they became authoritarian territories, literally. And now there's quite a number of them, especially in the public school, high school system, are failing at an alarming rate, but yet they keep the kids there. So when people come around for policies and say, no, can we do a voucher system where the money that is meant to come to my child, so if the government is paying $500, per month or per term for a child, can you please give me that voucher? Then I can take that money, take it to a private charter school. Then whatever is the difference, I'll make it up so that my child can get good education. And they said, no, we don't want you to do that. And uh, the unions don't want that. Why? Because we need to keep the kids there so that the money will come to the unions, come to them. So they put their own personal self-interest. That's why we call it special interest. These programs are designed to keep people perpetually in a cycle that retains and maintains and suppresses and holds them back in that territory or in that place where they are. So they can't leave that community. Some of the good schools are not in that community and it helps a child when the child is in a poor community but the child can successfully go to school in another middle class community where the child can interact with kids who are not coming from the same environment or squalor where they are living so it has a way of elevating the child's mindset and give them a window to the life outside that community but what happens the government keeps them within that locality even in some places they say no you must go to the school that is within the child area of where your address is. So because you stay within that address, within that zip code, it suppresses and keeps the kid within the confines of the failing school system. And the program is producing illiterates. It's not the same everywhere, but in quite a number of the communities where there is lower middle class or low income earners, that is the 
status. That's what is going on. And the programs feed the authoritarian system. Or should we talk about the government housing system? Whereby government get land, build all these buildings, the club project, and get low-income earners to be able to get a house there. Have you noticed the people there almost never leave? They die there. Most of the people in the projects will die in the projects. Then their children will continue exactly where they are. The reason is because it's an authoritarian system designed to trap people. It's an entrapment. That's what I'm saying. The government programs are really designed to keep people perpetually in the place where they are so that they are not able to make any traction, move forward. They retain and remain where they are and continue to struggle year after year. They continue to leave the quality of life they are living. When people live around poor people who are also poor, they never make any money. They never generate. They never produce. It's even better to go and live in a rural community and from there make the journey into the cities or in, into the environment where there are job opportunities. It's even better to operate from there than to live in the inner cities and say you want to stay closer to where the action is. You sign up for perpetual struggles and poverty because the government program is designed. You ask why? Because to entrap them. You say why? Because once they are entrapped, then they will have to depend on the government to sustain their livelihood, sustain their housing, sustain their schooling, sustain their providence. Even in some places, sustain their lunch and their dinner too because now some of these schools provide and the government pays for it. So all these programs entraps the people. So it creates a perpetual lower class of strugglers who will never be able to break through except something miraculous happen. Or maybe they have a, there's a gifted athlete or something that pushes or helps people from that locality. Because you could have a child who's a sprinter, who's a football player, who's, a, who's an athlete, and they're able to break through a good actor or something. And that could happen and systematically and gradually they are able to get their break and they break and take the family out of the project. So that happens, but that doesn't happen to most people. There's only a small group of people who even are talented. A lot of talented people still get killed and shot because they lived in that community hoping for their break. And just before their break came, someone shot them, someone killed them because there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of prostitution. There's a lot of things happening within those housing government-aided programs. Those programs are authoritarian. They are designed to disable the people and keep them perpetually struggling and stuck in the place where they are. That is the agenda. That is what it's designed to do. I don't care what the politicians say. Maybe they know better. Maybe they do not. Maybe they're only following a code, an invisible uh, alignment which is causing them to direct people to function within this trajectory but it's a system that is designed and devised to keep people struggling perpetually and that is just the truth and i could continue on and on on different programs but time will not permit me so i'm telling you right now the government programs are designed to capture people and trap them and keep them within the confines of an authoritatively devised system that traps them in a loop that they are never able to break out from 
Many of them think they are fighting poverty or they are fighting limitations or they are fighting the vices of life. But what they don't know is that they are actually fighting against an authoritarian policy, a system that was designed to keep them in a perpetual loop, trap them in those communities, stay them in that place. And then their level or their sustenance is now maintained by the government. You see, the government needs to justify the continuance of that program. So for them to continually live up the paycheck, there are people who are living on food stamps, die by food stamps, and their children continue to inherit their food stamps, and they continue to live up food stamps. And this becomes a perpetual. So the child knows nothing more than living by a government-assisted program. People just need to go out and get out of these things. And it's difficult to break out from, I won't lie to you. It would have been better if they were left where they were and they find and claw their way out of the pit of poverty, out of the struggler's pen where they are. Because governance is force and they are not the prosperity class, they are not the funding elite. They cannot give you what it takes for you to be productive. They cannot. They may boast it, say it, they will talk about, oh, we spent $10 billion on Baltimore, but Baltimore is still in squalor. There are so many empty homes, so many abandoned homes, so much crime, so much drugs, so much of all the nonsense, and yet they pumped billions and you can't find it. It's because these billions they really end up in the pockets of the profiteers because these things circle back to the political elites who at the end of the day make sure that this pork keeps flowing so they say no baltimore needs to any billion this year to really get people out of poverty it lies it will never work if you like pumping 100 billion dollars all that money will end up in special interest in big donors and all those who profit from the demise of many see the authoritarian political elites profit off the demise of the people by offering them free programs that enslave them and keep them perpetually stuck to a system which in any case causes the people to vote and continue to vote for them in order for their pork see for people to continually vote for them in order for them to continually receive the government assistance. So when these individuals run for offices, they always say, no, my opposition will take away all your programs and you will be suffering. You will have no food. You will have no clouds. You will have no way to live. So you need me so I can make sure that your roof will remain so that your bread will be sustained. This is what they sell to them. And these programs are that trap. If you go into some communities and see the level of poverty in these projects, you will ask yourself, is this a civilized society? Is this America? Is this part of London? Is this possible? How in the world is some of the greatest cities in the world have these problems? It's because of the government assisted programs. When you go to other nations of the world that are still developing, that have stayed away from most of these type of programs, you will see that there are no people sleeping on the streets. You will see that there are not homeless crowds. You 
you see that some of the, their public schools are flourishing because they are not government assisted programs. They are just a simple system where people can afford to either take to the public school or take to the private education according to how you can afford. You have to understand that there is no other way to cut this. The authoritarian state is maintained exclusively by the government programs that are designed to keep people disconnected from their innate ability to substantiate their value in the environment that they can with the abilities and the talent that God gave them. And when they are not able to do that, they are now stuck in an environment where someone promises them something for nothing. So they continue in the perpetuity of that struggle and systematically over time, they are enslaved by the program and they die in it and their children continue. It's a struggle, it's a fight for people to leave the system. People have asked questions, why can't people just up and go? They cannot because there is strength that is holding them down. That same strength that was given to the leadership who carved and generated the policies. That same strength that was designed to give them freedom is the strength that is holding them down. So the more they expand the program, the more they are held down, keeping their head below water. And that's why they are not able to break out. Because the totalitarian system is a functionality of the strength of governance rooted in the voting mechanism that was entrusted on that leadership of which now is now playing itself out through a program that was designed to be free according to them but actually it actually disables them so that it creates a perpetual struggling class which gives special interest what they need for them to be able to get the pork out of the system and then they really keep the bulk of the money because they are the one that's why they can come and say oh we paid so so and so person four hundred thousand dollars just to research while this community is struggling the way it is it's just a payment system they use to pay their friends and all their special interests continuously push and make sure that they win every election so that the money just keeps flowing the distribution of the national cake as we like to call it in some parts of the world. So you must understand that the only way out, first of all, is to vote out these authoritarians who have converted the liberty of the people into entrapment programs. I know someone will quickly say, no, there are some government programs that are not entrapping people. Please send me a message. Please let me know what those programs are. Because every program that has been a government program assisting the people materially in any form or way, whether it's the medicals, whether it's the schooling, whether it's the financials, whether it's in the business, whether it's an investment, I've seen that every single one of them end up entrapping the people and create the exact opposite of what that program was generated for and after a while when it doesn't work they say the reason it didn't work was because we spent five billion let's go 50 billion this time around so they say let's throw money at it when actually what they are trying to say is that the last time the reason it didn't work is because we didn't get so much of the money the way we wanted it but now if you can expand it and we get more then we can see what we can do 
and it never still works. That's why these programs are a death trap to the destinies of those who are in those communities. And that's why you need to do your destiny a favor. That's why you need to do your people a favor. That's why you need to do your children a solid and get out of the system. Get out of the system. Escape while you still can. Because the time is going to come where if it continues, three to four generations will still be entrapped. And it's always interesting that those who initiate these programs always get the votes from those communities because that's the real end game. You keep the ruling class to keep ruling you. You keep the ruling party to keep ruling you by simply following through on the programs that they want. And when you are part of that program, they are able to get the resources they need to do what they want while they promise you heaven. But at the end of the day, you get hell and get nothing. And your children continue to suffer. Your family continue to lack. And you continue to live in squalor with no future, no hope. The chances of making it very limited, except there is a talent or a breakout talent that grants the opportunity for that talent to make his way to the big leagues and move the whole family out of the project. But that's just few out of many, for many remain there until they eventually die. This is the trap of the authoritarian system, which has been instituted by the enemy, by the devil, yes. Oh yes, I have to just say that. The devil is the one behind because he's an inverter. He's the one that inverts. People who are meant to be providers, protectors, to now become what they are today. And as a result of that, we have what you are seeing now. So the second thing is this, apart from making sure you vote the right people, you need to stay away from all government programs. They are entrappers for authoritarians. The programs are designed to keep people there until they die. And if you want those programs to die, then don't show up for them. When there are no takers, it will die by itself. But once they are takers, they will continue to say it. No matter how much they sell it to you, run away from all government-assisted programs. They are designed to create a system that keeps the authoritarian spirit alive and maintains the ruling class to continue to prey upon the demise of the underclass, the struggling class. That's why the middle class is being wiped out in many nations of the earth. The reason is because of this authoritarian system that did not deliver what it promised initially. It promised to grant people freedom when it was given, but now it's an authoritarian system that has been inverted and causes people to struggle through life and achieve nothing because they are trapped in government-assisted programs that keep them perpetually struggling and never gaining traction. The only way to succeed and be free is to do it yourself. To go out there and trust God for yourself and believe God to make a way for you. You don't need government-assisted school. You don't need government-assisted program. You don't need government-assisted medicals. You don't need government-assisted initiatives. Someone say, then how do we fare? We can't do without it. It will shock you. You will only suffer for a while. It will be a short season, but eventually it will open up. Eventually you will break through. Eventually you will gain traction. It does because every other person who became something today, that's how they did it. They didn't do it through the government programs. The government programs are not what you think it is. It's an inverted designation of authoritarians to keep the general populace struggling so that I can give them the vote they require in order for them to remain in power and continue to do what they do, enjoy the national cake, spread the resources to their friends and keep 
big business, big donors, and special interest happy. That's what it really is. So now we've come to the end of our spectacular today with Mac the Lion. I hope I've been able to really help on this. So listen to the next one because we are treating the whole seven of them and this one is just the third one. So we'll move to the fourth to the fifth until we get to the seventh on what it means for the elitist or the elitism system to function. Many people will really, really, really enjoy and gain a lot from this. So please get the word out there and share this link, share this podcast so that many others can also listen to it and gain something from it. Please do have a blessed life and I will see you in the next one.